This is Caleb. All right, we're going to jump into the show. So today we have Chris. Um, uh, just to give everyone a little bit of background, Cuban uh, and I were missionary kids in the Philippines. We are interviewing our friends from that time period. Uh, Chris, uh, you and I and Cuban all went to high school together at Faith Academy in uh, Manila, Philippines. And um, uh, just an FYI, you know, we don't really use last names. Um, uh, and really what we're doing here is we're looking at some of our past memories, some shared memories, um, uh, and, and maybe things that just, just happened to us individually, and looking at them again with our adult experience, and really kind of uh, unpacking what those things meant then, how they shaped us, and, and what it means for us now. So, um, Chris, I'll let you introduce yourself, but, you know, Cuman and I uh, have been dying to know, you know, I, I don't know if you've been able to listen to any episodes of the podcast, or if, if, um, if you've just been thinking about uh, your experience during that time, but we're wondering, you know, what memories you have that, that stick out to you from that period, that time period. Oh yeah, sure. So hi. Um, and uh, no, I'm super excited to, to be on and uh, talk with you guys. I, I love the project and I appreciated, I got to listen a little bit to a couple of different episodes. Um, just familiarize myself with, uh, with, with, uh, old friends and and hear uh, uh, other other reflections, but um, yeah, I, I actually married um, one of our also one of our classmates, another missionary kid. So in that yeah. way, um, you know, our some of those things, those shared experiences and those memories, uh, they are they are somewhat constantly with me and something that we talk about. I would say sometimes daily, but definitely weekly. And have been for over 20 years. So it's wow. never quite gone away. How long have the two of you known each other? Uh, so I met Sherry, I uh, would say, maybe the second week of ninth grade. Uh, so that was, what, oh, 1997? Wow. Something like that. Yep. 96, 97? Yeah. Wow. Or uh, maybe 96. Yeah. Um, yeah, 96. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a deep connection that the two of you have. So when you yeah. guys when you said you talk daily about, you know, I'm I'm sure because you guys grew up together. Um, yeah. What what kinds of memories come up for you guys? Uh, well, so like some things are little fun ones, you know. If you're you're out and about, um, <laughs> well, I can't be the only missionary kid, especially from Manila. So if you encounter a good sulfur smell, you know, some some real good sewage, you you're instantly transported back to <laughs> walking around uh downtown manila um but but other things too you know like we uh we try and get to the beach as much as we can and mm. and uh we love being at the ocean um we uh lots of lots of food memories and or you know particular things that we like to to pursue and eat and do um and sometimes it's even just little things about how life is different you know in in uh in the philippines because mm -hmm. of uh, the heat and, you know, well, I mean, not that we didn't do stuff outside, but there was a lot of times where we would go um, to the mall and we don't go to the mall 
in America because <laughs> why would you go to a, the mall? Mm-hmm. It's such a silly thing to do. And and so or even just yeah. like like last week I was at a conference and uh, and we were trying to get from one place to another and we had managed to get a hotel uh, shuttle to come help us. And there were like 15 of us and all of the Americans with me are are giggling and surprised by the fact that you could fit 15 people in a van and they're like oh my gosh we have to put people in the back in the very back they don't have seat belts this is this is dangerous and illegal and i'm sitting there just remembering when you know as a freshman uh well a number of times in vehicles but even just like we we crammed 12 wrestlers into a photo booth in order to take a <laughs> photo you know like just things like that it you know it it, it comes up weirdly all the time just things that i this is a scenario that is clearly not something i'm familiar with or what i am familiar with is just a little alien to everyone around me even even 20 years later you know still shocked by that sometimes yeah that's crazy when and how long when did you arrive in the philippines um i don't know you know we were on the wrestling team together um You know that when you when you mentioned how hot it was in the afternoons, uh, that's what I thought of the you know running that hill. Uh, oh yeah, up, up to Faith Academy. That <laughs> Speed <thing> was, bumps, <laughs> man. Oh yeah, that was brutal. But how long yeah. are you in the Philippines? So I moved over to the Philippines when I was eleven, um, mm, just mm-hmm. after sixth grade. Joined at seventh, and you know what they say: there is no better time or more enjoyable experience than to uproot, move across the world, and join a bunch of middle schoolers. Uh, fresh out of homeschool, <laughs> like you will be popular and well liked, and everything will go well. Especially when you're living in a country that's four degrees off the equator and uh, filled with mosquitoes. It's gonna be awesome. Uh, <laughs> starting but, starting yeah. over is a is a common theme, you know, because many of us, yeah. whether it was moving from Davao or moving from yeah. Aritao or or yeah. uh, um, uh, you know to to Manila or or coming back to us. Um, for that mm-hmm. American experience, that mm-hmm. transition is tough. Yeah. Oh, what yeah. What was that like for you at that at that time? That that first transition to faith. So that one that one was weird. Um, I had, I had moved a couple times in within the states before we moved overseas to to do missions in the Philippines, but um, you know, I it was some of it was. Um, theoretical until until it was time to i don't think i cried until it was time to get on the final plane to leave the united Mm. states Mm -hmm. i don't think it was like really real until then and then you know you get there and everything is so foreign and uh we were down in uh oh uh trying to remember towns not kainta it was uh marikina and Mm. um (laughs) right across from santa lucia mall there was a there was a McDonald's and that was actually where the missionaries that welcomed us took us for our first meal in country, which is kind of silly, but <laughs> it wasn't uh, back then though. It don't know. That was a big deal back then. I remember. I know. Right. Yeah. yeah as a Davao kid. And I'm sure the Nasali kids and the, the Arita kids get this too, or anyone who was off Island off of Luzon uh, going yeah. up to Manila and going to McDonald's was a really yeah. big deal. Yeah. Right. Like, Oh yeah. my goodness. This is an American burger guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. But but right next to that, um, right next to that McDonald's, between the McDonald's and I think it's Marcos Highway, um, 
there's this big ditch. It's like maybe 12, 15 feet across. Um, and I'm sitting in the McDonald's and I watch a guy literally just walk straight up and just drop his pants and like pee right into the, <laughs> right into the ditch next to the road and then get back mm-hmm. out like, like, and then pull up his pants and then go get, jump on a jeepney. And it was uh, like, I, for one, I had nightmares about falling into that stupid ditch for yeah. <laughs> forever. Um, but it was just one of those instant, uh, realities of, oh, so this is a very different place than Virginia where I was moving from. Right. Uh, the United States in general. Um, mm-hmm. But there were a lot of other things that were like uh, supremely exciting. I loved, mm. for example, the public uh, transportation. I, I love jeepneys. I still to this day wish we had them. I don't miss the, mm-hmm. uh, the traffic jams and the crazy, but there are so many times where you're like, ah, this was just so much easier when I was a kid to go from place to place because all we had to do was jump on any one of a thousand uh, constantly moving jeepneys and I could get anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah. <laughs> right. That was before Grand Mall got built onto it. So it was like, yeah, yeah. It wasn't. It was just the small, the smaller one. The the thing that popped into my high, my mind was um, uh, just a. a uh, cinder block wall with Bawal Umihi Ditto on it, you know, just that, that was, that was, yeah, yeah, don't pee here. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, like before we graduate, or before I graduated anyway, me and, and Cumin, because Caleb, you were, you were younger, yeah. You're, yeah. Uh, but before we graduated, um, they, they put up like a shield with a, with a pipe and a cone connected to the pipe so that you could like walk into the shielded area pee into the cone and then the, it would go into the pipe and the pipe went straight out into that ditch. So it was still peeing into yeah. the ditch, but you yeah. didn't have to watch the guy do it. So progress. Yeah. That's better. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Why do you think, why do you think that memory stick? I mean, cause <laughs> memories like that stick out for me, but it was a first, you know, it was right. like first, yeah. first in country. Why does that one stick out? Um, <laughs> because I'm not kidding. When I say I, I had nightmares about falling into that stupid ditch yeah. for years. <laughs> it was, yeah. Like there were not many things I was, I was instantly afraid of. I didn't mind, um, bugs. I didn't mind, uh, reptiles. That was all fine. Um, I was never afraid that anyone was going to like break into, I always felt pretty safe. I actually reflect, especially now as a parent, the number of times other parents will be concerned about where their kids are going to be. You know, every kid has a, has a smartphone. Your parent knows where you are all the time. I'm going, guys, I was, I was deemed ample security to walk, in the middle of the night uh, down, you know, the roads of, of Valley golf for like years when I was starting mm-hmm. by the time I was 13, 14 years old and my parents didn't know where I was until I got home, you know, and nobody, nobody worried. And I mean, you think maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe that was foolish. I don't think so though. I think it was, uh, I, re- I think it reflects, a little bit more of, of the carefreeness that we used to have before information made it so that we thought it was natural to know where everybody was all the time. Mm. Yeah. I remember, you know, I, I think I don't, I haven't shared the story on the podcast. Um, Cause it's, it's, it's just one of those, those funny, embarrassing stories from middle <laughs> school. But, you know, I, I remember in seventh grade or no, no, this would have been earlier than that. Um, mm. 
oh my goodness, this would have been more like fifth grade. Um, I just walked out of my house, got on public transportation, went down, mm-hmm. this was in Davao, went down to uh, uh, the mall, and mm-hmm. uh, I uh, bought my first, this was all in secret because I was going to buy secular music. Yeah, and it yeah, was my there first it is. time buying <laughs> secular music, and I, I bought two cassette tapes, and I brought them back, back to my house. And then that night, I had my radio turned way down, and the first one I played, and I felt so guilty about this, the first one was Kenny G. <laughs> Kenny G. Um, <laughs> And the second one was Scatman. Um, oh, nice. And I had no idea what I was buying. I had no idea. But I listened to those, <laughs> and I was just just like, wow, uh, I'm listening to non-Christian music. Yeah. <laughs> you rebel. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Kenny but I G. bet I was in fifth grade. I bet I was in fifth yeah. or sixth grade, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that, isn't that funny, though? Like, getting to buy the music was the more rebellious thing than, than going down to the mall on public transportation by yourself. I never thought of that. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's crazy. I, I never felt guilty about, because I've done that before. Oh, sure. Yeah. Go, you know, in, in in middle school, I just hop yeah. on a jeepney and go down and watch a movie oh, yeah. in the theater. Not tell anybody. Yeah. I come back and, you know, my my parents hadn't even gotten home yet, and nobody right. nobody cared. Yeah, nobody was worried. It was all fine. Yeah, I mean, looking back on it, um, you know, we talked about this. Mindanao was like on the State Department terror watch list, and right, you know, there's <laughs> there's all this stuff going on in the background. Yeah. What what stru- what stands out to me, Chris, is you were old enough to remember that transition over to the Philippines, and I think I think going to the mission field is really hard on adults, um, yeah. and you know those those there's it's a lot to take in as a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, one hundred percent. I, um, it's it's a lot to take in as a kid. Um, it. Uh, it's also there's no way entirely to anticipate what it is mm-hmm. that you're going to be trying to negotiate, and you know I think there's also the the challenge of especially when you think about families doing it. Um, it's a it's a family ministry, okay, but how do the kids actually? Can the kids say no? Can they? And that's not even. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not opposed to. Um, I'm not opposed to family ministry per se. And and I think always parents are going to make choices that their kids are going to have to cope with. But I think one of those realities is that that's, it's, it's hard to, I, I think about even my parents or other friends, parents, like that is a, that is a hard thing. My dad was an army grad. He knew what it was like to not have a home and to move around. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I, you know, I actually look at that and I say, and so in some ways the legacy was even more rootlessness in that respect that was other parts of the legacy, right? I, I feel at home in the world. I, I have a, an affection for uh, experiences outside of the ordinary, I think. And, and I, and I mm. can appreciate that uh, the way other people think and do things is not uh, wrong just because it's not the way I do it, right? Mm. Um, and I, I'm a teacher. I, I, my, my, that's one of the things I try and help my students. But I see it even in, in, in peers and adults around me of it's not anything really wrong going on over there guys you just that's not how you prioritize your life and that's okay but they 
they are perfectly legitimate, normal adults making different choices. And, and that's just part of the beauty of the world as God created it and, and the experience and diversity of man, which I like. Mm. Um, but how does an adult help a kid encompass that, see it all and, and, uh, and try and like embrace that as good. That's, that's really hard. Yeah. You mentioned the whole family, you know, working. And I would imagine that regardless of what your parents, um, you know, if your dad, um, uh, uh, is in the banking industry and your mom is a medical professional um, or n- honestly, even just nonprofit, it's easy for that work to, to be the priority in the family. And I think sure. there's a, un- a healthy way to manage that, which is, Hey, we have to pay for a mortgage, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But I think it's, I think it's different when, when your parents boss is Jesus, you know? Right. And yeah. there's a, I-, I know what you're talking about because my parents often told me, Hey, we will leave the mission field the minute, you know, if you guys ever have a problem with this, this is a family decision. It's a group decision. We will leave the mission field. You kids are the priority. But remember, um, if I have a problem with it, then I have a problem with Jesus and God's calling. Right. And so, (laughs) so even if I do have a problem with it, you know, I, I personally identified, you know, my frustrations um, or, you know, me feeling unsafe and not wanting to be in certain situations. Mm. Um, I interpreted that as doubt. I interpreted that as, as shin, sin internally. And, you know, th- th- there were times I, I wish I would have spoken up, but um, it was, it's really hard when you're a kid. Yeah. Oh, uh, definitely. I think I have a good friend here. We actually went to college together and now we work together. And he was born and raised uh, in, in Japan, went to CAJ up there in Tokyo. And, um, and we've talked a lot about how uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly of, of growing up um, as the you know, proverbial third culture kid, because we joke he's, he's, he's more Japanese than he is American in so many ways. Mm. Um, but, um, and, I, and, I, and I joke with him because I'm like, and I'm the Filipino kid running around and whereas you're looking for quiet and order, I see no problem with having karaoke going on in the middle of the street. Um, but, but the in both instances, right, and in both uh, across across different families and across um, a whole variety of other variables, we um, we've had to cope with a little bit the uh, the weight, I suppose. Uh, mm. of uh, my our childhood my childhood was was not normal to the world that I inhabit and 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 I feel rootless or I feel foreign in some ways um, and that's kind of the cost of, of the the good things is um, or, or like you were saying Caleb also that uh, speaking up is is complicated when it's it's going to be mom and dad's ministry right or and and also you know mom and dad have a ministry if they have a problem with that that's also the family's survivability so now what you know like the 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 problem in mission communities where people need help but when they go to get help or they need a break and they go to get a break and all of a sudden people are you know you don't have money because what you're gonna you're gonna work uh, a regular job. I thought this was supposed to be a sabbatical, a, a break. Well, that's not how you know. 
it's hard. That's not how the the rest of the world works. Um, you mentioned like, you know, banking or a medical professional, those are demanding uh, things for any, any family. But uh, I think the, you know, there's <laughs> my wife and I will talk about the, like uh, the pressure to perform when you come home for uh, a deputation or whatever to, to show people like, you know, uh, praise songs in Tagalog or, you know, uh, show the work from, you know, whatever your parents are doing, wherever they are. Also another big discrepancy, right? Are you out in the tribes where everybody thinks the missions are, or are you in the city and you eat McDonald's and pizza hut and go to big movies and, and walk around malls. And you, you're just wishing that you were as up to date as kids in the, in America or whatever it is, you know, like all of those, those perceptions and things are, are part of the, the the puzzle, I think. I uh, I'm interested to to hear one you know, what c- humans' experiences with that that home assignment and how it compares mm-hmm. to to ours. But but for me, um, I can remember as young as second grade driving, covering our our area was from St. Louis all the way out to almost the Poconos in in Pennsylvania, mm, wow. right. And during the summer, we would drive and every day was a different summer uh, or a different um, uh, summer camp, church camp. And we had. um, Yeah. Which is cool. Making new friends every every couple of days. Um, And then we had my mom brought bamboo sticks from the Philippines because us kids had to dance to Ninkling. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Hand out dried mango and and put on a real show. And you know how much of a phony I felt even then. like this isn't me. This isn't my culture. I know what my parents were trying to do. I know that they were they were you know, I know what they're trying to do. Hey, at the end of the day, we got to pay our mortgage, too. Um, Right. But but it felt so phony and so performative. And that's not a situation where you can say no as a kid. Right. Yeah, that's hard. Yeah. Mm. 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 Mm-hmm. Mm. Wow. Now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. I, I ever I, I never actually got to do a year at home uh, or in the United States. Mine was only uh, because I was there for I guess six total years. Uh, in that time, we had one summer furlough. And then we came back at a at a Christmas time, but that was all I got. Mm. My brother and sister got the year, and that was hard. That was exceptionally hard, I think, for them, because it was mm. this. Uh, it, it well, it's also this like constant problem of feeling like every time you are back, every every relationship, every friendship has a ticking clock on it. Like I am yeah. not going to be around here to know you, 
So what is our, our shared experience going to be? Yeah. And then when you get back to faith, it's, oh, it's uh, keep, keep that thought. When you get back to faith, they've had a skip year and, and you yeah. kind of have to remake your friends there too. Cumin. Yeah. I have two. Yeah. A sister and a brother. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So your college year, it would have been there. year back in us. Is that. Yeah. My first year in college, it was their year in college. Year, yeah. 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 You mentioned, so uh, what stuck out to me from what you were talking about, you and Sherry have talked about this, just the weight that you carry around. Man, I relate to that. Yeah. No, that's a, I think in that way, it's been a, a, one of the great blessings has been to uh, marry and not just a a best friend, but also a best friend that, that uh, knows a little bit of the, the weird longing and the things we miss. If we find a good Filipino restaurant, she's as excited as, as I am to have. And not just because it's delicious food, but because they're like, Oh no, I remember eating this all growing up and you know, things like that. But it's, it, it helps a lot in uh, sort of bridging that gap. How, how, how do you think Sherry would describe that? I don't want to put, I'd love to interview her as well, but sure. like, you guys have different perspectives. How do those, how do those things, how are those experiences different between the two of you? How does your experience differ from hers? So you, so you don't have to answer for her. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, but my experience with regard to. Um, you mentioned just that, that, well, you know what, in regards to the mission field as general, we were talking about that weight. Um, you know, both of you had different experiences, but in general, I'm sure the, your experience overseas was different what was different for you yeah so uh she was her family was an sil family my family went out went out under grace brethren international Mm -hmm. missions gbim um and just after my ninth grade year that uh relationship ended and my parents became independent missionaries and yeah so I always watched SIL new tribes and, you know, SOBAP and conservative Baptist mission kids. They would have, you know, various different, um, uh, retreats in the summer and things like that. They also like, it would be pictures at school together. All the SIL kids, all the new tribes kids get together and they all knew each other. They all had, here was one. They all called, uh, the other adults, uncle and aunt. Right. Um, I didn't have that. And like, I, I knew that it culturally was acceptable to do it, but it felt weird to me because I didn't, I had not been accepted by these adults to, to call them and, and, and own them in that way of family. But then I just didn't have family. Right. Um, which was pretty lonely. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think probably the biggest, one of the, one of the biggest experiences that I felt was I, I felt really lonely um mm-hmm. with the exception of of particular friendships and and things that i worked uh that i that i aimed towards is one of the reasons like i loved i really loved um it's weird i think when you look back and you think you loved high school i loved high school i i can also remember deep pain in high school and yeah. and, and lots of uh and depression and 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 things like that um but 
but like I love I loved I loved high school on the wrestling team. I was it's, it was one of my uh, most cherished memories and experiences. Uh, uh, theater and and uh, choir. You'll notice I did not actually love any classes in high school, but I did. <laughs> That's not entirely true. I liked electives. There were good electives, but um, photo with Dan Larson, pottery with Dave French, good things. Uh, yeah. But, um, but I was, I felt really, I think probably lonely um, with the exception of friends that I made in high school. Um, but it always felt like even those friends had, had relationships that I couldn't get to, I didn't get to share in or be a part of because our mission wasn't like that. Uh so that is an interesting question maybe (laughs) um i think i think it has been a long process it was i don't think i felt like i had friends outside of sherry um, that I really knew and really like I had friends, but I don't think I had uh, a community that I felt that I, that actually belonged to and that I was going to be a part of until almost 2009, 2010. So maybe 10 years after high school, I had, I had something in college that was good, but college was by its nature transient. And, mm-hmm. and you can feel that while you're there, you know, that it's not going to last and, and, you know, you live in dorms. I, I think I had a somewhat of a of a small breakdown at one point when I had to move uh, for like the sixth or seventh time in a semester, uh, and I, I just I, I couldn't handle it anymore. <laughs> and so that was pretty hard. Um, that was in, but, in college. Yeah, in college. Yeah. I just like I freaked out at the person who was like, "You got to move." I'm like, no. <laughs> and and yeah. eventually, calm down and move my stuff, but. It was hard. Yeah. I was pretty discouraged by it. But that's that, you go it, ahead. it's really yeah. Well, um, putting down roots is hard is when you come back. I, I very much relate to that. Mm-hmm. Um, I very much had a nervous breakdown my freshman year of high school um, mm. when I left Davao and had to start over in Manila. Um, Manila was such a big, scary school, and and it was very hard to make friends because most of the kids knew each other from elementary. Um, yeah. and it was really hard to break in. Yeah. Um, and then that again in freshman year of of college, um, kind of had a just severe depressed depressive episode because you know, almost every relationship in my life had been taken away, and they were they were deep, deep yeah. relationships. Yep. Yeah, I remember <laughs> this is, I hope, I certainly hope that at least for you, you came the year after, you not came, you graduated the year after us, right? After yes, me and Kim? Yep, oh, one. Yeah. So I don't know how it was for you, but uh, for us, for the 2000 grad class, we got back after spring break. So third quarter's done, spring break. Spring break was great. Great. I went up with friends. I first went with my family 
to Benawi. And then after being with my family for a few days, then I, I stuck around in Bagabug with all the SIL friends that were there and had just a ball. We, you know, slaughtered some chickens and made some barbecue, floated down. It was great, right? Come back uh, to Manila and feel like, okay, here we go. Victory lap. We are the kings. Everything's going to be the best. Here we go. And the first day back on campus, they had us go down to the um, auditorium that was down those stairs, the, you know, that room that was just above the wrestling room. And uh, so we file into that room. And the next like two or three days, they spend uh, almost the entire day each day telling us how our lives are forever about to change and how we will always <laughs> be kind of alien and, and not quite fit in. They brought in another, like a, 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 an MK who had graduated and survived to show us that it was possible. But it was all like, yeah, you're about to go and you're gonna, these are going to be the things. And, and may, I'm sure maybe there was probably more than just it's going to be terrible. But all I essentially heard was hold on to your butts because everything is about to turn upside down and nothing will ever be the same. And you're going to be incredibly lonely and awkward. And I spent the next quarter depressed and uh, with increased anxiety, like so that I couldn't focus and it got worse and worse until we're there. And I remember the last hours of being around friends and people are like, we've graduated and we're at the hotel in Robinson gallery. I don't remember the name of the hotel, but anyway, uh, we rented out three penthouses, all the, the whole floor for the, for the senior class graduation party. And we had had, we had at the time we were the largest graduating class for faith or whatever. So we're all up there we're walking around. Everybody's got, you know, everybody's enjoying uh, pizza and having, you know, just talking and having fun playing games, whatever. And, uh, and you can feel it. It's like, okay, one more hour is gone. I'm out. You're on a plane at seven in the morning. You're on a plane at eight. You're on a plane. And for a lot of them, like that was the last time I saw, oh gosh, most of them. You know, social media is, is I suppose, a, is, is a bridge, but it's, a, it's not a great bridge. Yeah. Um, so that, that was the same experience that, that I had um, oh, uh, to a T. Um, and the, I, I remember that night for us at Robinson Gallery, and we talked about yep. it. We had our, our 20 year um, this last summer. Mm. And every time that elevator door closed, man. Yeah. Like, right at the end of the night, whenever you get yeah. in the elevator and you all had to go catch your plane and then you never yeah. saw each other again. Yep. And you earlier you were saying, down. yeah, oh, how yeah. Do you do that? yeah, yeah. And, and why? <laughs> A brute. <laughs> no.
So you mm. took that lesson seriously, um, that that uh, uh, leaving, you know, the whatever it was, the the session that because we went through that as well, where they brought in trainers. And I just want to mention, um, we do have a show sponsor. It's Jansport Backpacks. Um, put all your emotions in a backpack and shove it down <laughs> deep. Just keep shoving our Jansport Backpacks. Can You can take all your emotions and it'll never, never be a burden or a weight on top of you. It'll never feel heavy. Jansport backpacks. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> but, but it reminds me of something you said earlier, Chris, which is, um, man, there were some hard things. There were some deeply painful things, but there were also some beautiful and amazing things. And that wow. night at Robinson Galleria for me, you know, uh, I remember us putting all the hotel robes on and, yep. and <laughs> s- sitting in the hot tubs and, yep. you know, yep. and like, um, but you're right. When you said counting down every hour of the night, I did that. And it was like, that's one, one hour gone, you know, yeah. that I'm not going to get back. My final eight hours with my friends. Yeah. But yeah, we wore bathrobes and, and sat in hot tubs and, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was beautiful. It was, it was, yeah. it was beautiful. I think that's, that's one of the, I mean, you know, time is helpful in that respect because yeah. Uh, painful things are painful because, uh, especially for loss, because they were good. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you, if mm-hmm. you, you know, if it wasn't good, it wouldn't be painful. Yeah. Um, I think that's been, it's continued to be, I've had some hard, even as an adult, uh, goodbyes, uh, because, you know, the world and especially California is, is, is a challenge sometimes and people have to move. And, um, mm-hmm. I've, you know, just tried to remind friends that go, I'm, I'm grateful for the economy of God. I, I, I'm not afraid of the fact that we have to be apart sometimes because I don't, I'm not concerned that this is the end, but it is nevertheless still going to be a bummer not being around you. Cause yeah, cause that's, you know, that's affection. I love, I love my friends and I wish I could be with everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that is definitely true. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess that was going to be my, my next question is, um, you know, thinking about what we, what many of us went through, thinking about what you went through during that time period in your life, how do these themes show up in your life today? How, you know, these, these insights that you're having, how does that show up in your life? Well, um, a lot of that comes in, comes into play. Um, I have, I have seven kids and, um, as a dad trying to think about what am I giving to my children and, and also interestingly discovering that there are things, um, that I maybe didn't understand at the time and then, and then seeing them in some ways, even through the eyes of of a father looking at my children going, Oh, maybe that actually, maybe I've misunderstood or misinterpreted an experience that has defined me for over two decades. And it's actually this, not that. 
Um, so, and then, you know, I'm, I'm a teacher, so I'm around, uh, and I love teaching juniors and some of my favorite people. Um, I don't love seniors cause they get annoying, but, <laughs> but, uh, I love, I love teaching high school students. I love being with them and, uh, and watching them grow and, and hearing their thoughts and, and challenging them in, in, you know, hopefully some of the decisions that they make so that they can be wiser and, and do more than, than, uh, I did, or they might do on their own. Um, I think that's kind of where I get to play with those lessons and, and see them as an opportunity for blessing as opposed to merely the burden. Right. I think, um, if it becomes the thing that is the defining characteristic of your life and then there is no purpose to it and you don't see how uh, God has, has intended for you to walk this road so that you can uh, take and move to the next thing, then I think it does become uh, somewhat of an overwhelming burden. But, but when there is that purpose and the, the joy of being able to um, help others grow and you know, pour into others, I think that there's, there's a lot of redemption for even the things that you're like, well, I, I wouldn't necessarily wish that for anyone. So, hey, I don't have to do that for my kids or, you know, make different choices, but not even, not even always as a reaction, like a negative judgment on your parents. Right. Just like, yeah, I think, I think you did try, but, and there, there here are these things that I'm grateful for, but I also wish maybe we'd done this. And so I'm going to take that lesson and try and institute that in my family and, and try and go forward from there. Mm-hmm. If you were going to tell, if you're going to tell the the kids that you teach at school, if you're going to tell them one thing about your experience that you just really wish that they would understand, what would that be? Oh, that's a hard question. Man. Uh, I think, uh, I think it, it comes down to, it feels a little cheesy to say something, but you know, I think it comes down to, uh, community is so much uh, in in your hands to make and and then when you do when you invest in building community um, you know you can be surprised by just how how beautiful friendships and even transient communities like we grew up in uh, can become when you have people that care about uh, the other and that offer home I, I like I think I mentioned it earlier. I, I wish someone had, I, I wish we had had that relationship of, you know, uncle and aunt community um, and, and therefore sort of an extended family of, of, of friends. I wish we'd had more of that. I wish my family had been deeper into that. I, I, I think that that from, from the outside looking in, that looks like um, that, that, made what was I had good relationships, but I think that would have made it even richer and yeah. deeper. Well, I, my memories of you are, are ones that are very close, um, very physically close. Um, <laughs> we, we, we spend a lot of time when you mentioned CAJ, uh, Christian Academy, Japan, yeah. um, you and I spent a lovely night there together, uh, sleeping on the mats. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good yeah, I have lots of great memories. You know, you keep saying you're, you know, you felt separate from this community. Um, I felt that too. And um, I did have the uncle and aunt thing. 
which mm. I don't know where that came from. I don't, I just kind of <laughs> grew up with uncle and aunt, you know, yeah. starting in the Philippines, even before, you know, SIL um, came to Davao. Um, that was just kind of what you did. And if anyone out there knows where that comes from, um, <laughs> let us know. Cause I'm not sure where that started or if that's just an old missionary thing from just the way you know, it is the 1800s. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to leave that vague. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we were on the wrestling right. team yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah well you were on the wrestling team too Q we were yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you only yeah. get better right no Huh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we did not have that physically close <laughs> relationship. <no. laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, go Q. <laughs> I I don't recall, but I, I heard, I mean, there were always some interesting stories of life after faith, right? Life, life after uh, the Philippines, life when you return to your uh, mother country. Um, it's always a, I, for like, I didn't, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't hook up with the, uh, the missionary community, the missionary kid community at my college. I didn't feel like I, one, it didn't feel like I was, I don't know. It didn't feel normal to me. Um, I know kids that did, but it, to me, it felt, I felt like I didn't belong with that group either. So. Yeah. I, I didn't do that either, Chris. <clears throat> I didn't. Yeah. Um, um, and, and I think for me, a bit of it was exactly what you're, you're, you're talking about, but also, um, uh, I had my MK friends and it's, it wasn't them. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. yeah. I had my faith Academy friends and I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to go there again. I'd already had such a painful loss that yeah. Um, yeah. I was, I was okay with a lot of relationships with U uh, S folks who um, were really good friends, but um, I could kind of shut that chapter off because yeah. they, they didn't really know about it or understand it. So I could just kind of blend in and and not really process any of that. Right. 
Yeah, that's hard because you end up being that. It's almost like a like the stereotype of the bad breakup, right? Where every time <laughs> you're hanging out with someone new and you start talking about your old friends, I'm like, okay, man, let it go. <laughs> like I would if I could. I just don't even know how. It's mm-hmm. it, it's it's all the time. That's weird. I I think I let go. I think um, I, I I'll say it was it was really eye opening to me. I came. I went back. Uh, I went back. Well, I don't know home, but I, I went back uh, to visit my family for Christmas after a year and a half at college, and so they were back living in Atapolo again. And um, and I came. I'd never been to that house, obviously, but I came to to see where they were and and I visited Faith Academy and and it was already like it's a year and a half out and who do I know well like <laughs> and that was that was that was a hard one it was like oh the world my world is gone my world is gone gone man it, it does not exist uh even the teachers are are moving on and you know there were there were a lot of them that stuck around um and you know, I kept kept in touch a little bit, and then at this point, like if I were to go visit, if you were, if you were I to go visit Faith Academy, I mean, maybe we would know one or two people there, but generally speaking, it's a completely different place. No, it's two decades ago, man. More than right. yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. But what um, earlier you mentioned that high school overall, you think of it as a really awesome experience. What sticks out for you that when you think of, of, of Faith Academy, um, you mentioned wrestling, but yeah. what else sticks out to you that was just, man, that was a great time? I loved um, I loved climbing the mango trees in the middle of the circle at lunch. Yeah, That was yeah. good. I loved, uh, I still remember, it was like, gosh, it was my freshman. Yeah, it was freshman year was El Nino. And so then it didn't rain uh, for, you know, the whole year and everything's brown and dead. And then, um, and then I remember one day, all of a sudden it starts to, you could hear it and you could smell it coming. And then the, and then the rain started falling. And I remember a dozen or so more people just kind of walked out from every building around the circle at Faith Academy and walked into the middle of the circle as the rain started falling harder and harder and just like, like just like going crazy. Cause it was the first rain we'd had in years in a year. And, um, I remember that. I remember, uh, <laughs> I remember writing a song with Jeremy in the senior pit. I remember, uh, photography I have a lot of good memories. Yeah. Senior pit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the circle, man. Yeah. 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 <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, of course. <laughs> Such a privilege to go to the pit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I peaked. No, it was <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> I it, it you know it was. I think I think there. I definitely. I've talked with friends before, and I it's it's. I like history, so it's an, it's kind of the nature of what I do is is remember and sort of catalog and chronicle things. So I think there's some of that. I think also um, in the, in the sort of loneliness uh, uh, that came after there was, there was a cherishing of certain memories, right. That, that got, uh, that pushed them to a place of like, I, I feel certain that there are things that I, I maybe didn't enjoy that I have just kind of faded and mem- my memory and it's mostly positive things. Right. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rachel Kraft said it really well. You know, the real things were real and yeah. the tough things were, the tough things were tough. And, yeah. um, you know, I, I, I do think back and, um, when I think back, it is the positive memories that pop up, mm-hmm. but, but, um, sometimes in quiet spaces, I still feel that weight that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think uh, when Micah was on, he actually talked about um, things very similar, themes very similar uh, to what you're talking about, which is mm-hmm. um, it, it, it's hard for me to feel connected in, in certain situations. Or um, I just naturally assume that I'm not supposed to be. Oh, Ian also talked about this in his episode. Like, um, <laughs> I just naturally assume that whatever in this situation, that everything here is going to end. So, you know, I'm. <laughs> I'm not going to develop super close relationships with everybody because everything ends. Um, And uh, I'm always going to be separate from everybody. And and, in some sense, we create the universe that we want for ourselves, you know, that we believe we deserve. Right. Right. Yeah. You speak in some ways there, there's a very real or a very true uh, aspect to, to we create the reality that we say or think about, Um, especially when it comes to relationships and, and our uh, connection with others around us. Definitely. I, I treated every relationship in college like it was temporary. Oh, yeah. And no. No. Other than my Yours? wife, who I met in college. <laughs> um, and, nice. you know, we've been together since uh, since 04. Nice. But, um, you know, other than that one relationship, every other relationship, I don't have any real super strong relationships from college that um, remain to this day. And that's because, you know, honestly, I was kind of a, a jerk. I, I set really clear boundaries with people and I didn't let people in. Yeah. I had a, I had a unique experience at college. Um, I, I went to Biola and uh, quickly discovered that the only people at Biola that I could relate to who would talk about anything that was real were in an honors program. Well, in high school, I was really, really not on an honors track. And um, so that was hard because that meant that I had to, I I spent almost a year basically uh, begging for an opportunity. (laughs) And uh, and when I got that opportunity, it was really special because those classes, all of a sudden I was, it was with a group of people that was like, it was a small group uh, and you stayed with those group with that group and you read all day, every day, and you were just—it was—it was, it was an instant uh, community maker in its own way that was akin to the sort of you have to have community with these kids because these are the only people that you will be able to have community with in some ways, and so you mm-hmm. do because you will survive that way. 
and uh, similarly in college, all of a sudden. So I actually have friends that I knew when I was 18, and that's that's a weird one. Of yeah, I am not who I was when I was 18. Human, you were saying, you know, how you were in third grade, fourth grade. I don't. I really. I don't want to try to defend or explain or or I don't say own. You can't run away from yourself, I suppose. But I. I don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> please let seventh grade Chris just be. At, at best a memory if if that right like let's let's move on i don't we don't need to know him uh he existed he made choices here i am we're we're, we're good but but chris you know i want i really want you to think about seventh grade chris because huh. um i i when i think of myself back then too i mm-hmm. i feel a lot of shame about decisions that I made or how dorky I was or you know how <laughs> awkward I was and oh, yeah. and remember like like think about your kid right mm-hmm. like they're just learning everything for the first time and and so were we and are you I there think part of this okay, oh sorry of course I lost you um, yeah <laughs> oh uh, yeah part of this process is is looking looking at who we were back then Mm-hmm. And re reexamining it as parents, um, yeah. I made a lot. You know, I was a weird, awkward kid, <laughs> uh, and um, I've learned to just give myself a lot of grace for doing that. One thing that stuck yeah. out to me is you you've said the word lonely so many times, and you've said um, that you didn't feel a part of things. You know, there was a theme that ran through, but then now you're talking about building community and taking control. And in that time, that previous time in your life, you didn't have control over anything, right? Mm, You're going to the mission field. Your parents are choosing to um, become independent missionaries. Um, Your, your parent, the, the people, all the adults in your life make all the decisions and you're just trying to cope. You're just trying to make it. But now, in your life now, you're making the choice to to build community, and you know. So what I would say is, you know, give give that previous Chris, you know, don't put him in the pot in in in, in a closet somewhere. Like, yeah. like just accept him for who he was, like you would with your own kid. Yeah, that's definitely. There's definitely a, an aspect where I think, um, even just watching my own children and realizing that I can make peace, as you say, with the shame or the embarrassment or the whatever it is that you feel like I feel that. Um, and, and just kind of, I think it, it was telling for me um, the minute the memories began, became something that I could remember, but not emotionally experience, if that makes any sense mm-hmm. for a very long time, for a very long time, uh, all of my memories uh, were, were directly tied to my heart and, and so every memory was also, uh, I, it was, it was my emotions also that I was carrying around in a box of photographs and, and memories and things like that. And I think, I don't know where it was, but somewhere along the way in, in about the 15 year mark or so, uh, I encountered my memory box again, which I, I think is still actually in a, in a, somewhere in the, in the attic of our house, uh, the one box of possessions that made it through Mm -hmm. everything to come, you know, and it's always weird to see what you decided to save, (laughs) but, um, but somewhere along the way, I think around year 15, I was no longer, I no longer felt like I had to hold on to that box in order to save and preserve uh, myself or who I was and like protect it. It it felt like, Oh no, I actually, 
love more about I, I love I have much more holding me here and and feel at peace and safe and known and happy in those things. And and that was a starting point. It wasn't the end, but it was a starting point. I think even as recently as the last two or three months, um, my oldest is contracted. And once he graduates from high school next year, he's, he's going to go off and be a Marine. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, yeah. But, but watching him do that and, and thinking about his choices and what's brought him to that and hearing his re- rationale and, and all of those things uh, and appreciating him, just, just literally enjoying watching him step into manhood has been also a, a doorway or at least a window to, to look back and, and see and, and make some peace with, with disappointments or things that I felt were uh, not great in my own story and saying, like, Oh no, actually it's okay. And in the same way that I know that I don't, we don't know how every choice that he makes is going to work out, but I'm mostly, I'm just excited for him and I'm proud of him and I'm, and I'm grateful for him. And, and, you know, uh, I want to see the the adventures that he gets to go through, and and hope and pray that he's gonna <laughs> survive in some of those. Some some of it literally, and uh, that's a little scary, but some of it also figuratively. Just like yeah, you're gonna be miserable some days, and hopefully you'll just rise above it. Um, but to to think about that and to see uh, to see him in that light, and then to be able to reflect and say, well, one, I think I think that's what my parents, how my parents felt and you know maybe they didn't uh but but to to also there is i think you you put it well there's there is also weirdly a way in which we are judging our own ourselves as children and and to make peace with that is good too yeah we do this thing i know i oh human go for it yeah well i know i know it's our time but we do this thing we have this this thing where we say the things we wish our parents would have told us. And mm. um, Chris, you know, I, I want to say um, you're a, you're an amazing guy. Um, and um, I'm super proud of you for what you've overcome and the life you've established for yourself, the values that you're putting in your kids or, or in, and, and making them feel like, like they belong, you know what you belong and you deserve depth of relationships. You deserve community and um, I'm really glad you're my friend. Cumin, what would you say if you were, what, what, what father, <laughs> what, what, what would you fill in the blanks with? <laughs> well said. <laughs> Glory be to God. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Do what we did. Call somebody up. Call call a friend up um, from this time period or a different time period um, and, and make that connection. Believe me, people are going to answer the phone. You'll be delighted with the conversations that you've had. I can't tell you how many... Um, how many times I've just laughed and cried and it's been so healing for my soul 
making these phone calls and um uh that's our call to action just pick up the phone and call somebody hmm. <laughs> go vanguards go vanguards <laughs> go vanguards <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys.